This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. There are a bunch of ways to be smart during the holiday season. Getting the shopping done early, not seating your aunt next to your mom, and snacking on Smart Food popcorn. It's Air Pop popcorn tossed in delicious white cheddar cheese or sweet and salty kettle corn. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf, I'm your host Damian Gibson and this is your home for professional wrestling, all of the pro wrestlings, whatever I've watched in the last week, we'll talk about uh, mostly AEW at the moment, this week I've been mostly watching AEW, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I don't know, I um. What's been going on with me? I've been, uh, I think last week I said I was having some teeth trouble, went to the dentist, doesn't seem to be anything too serious and things seem to be slowly improving. So hopefully my quality of uh, speech will slowly improve over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, I I don't know about you guys at the moment. I'm struggling to find the motivation to watch wrestling. Uh, I watched Rampage probably for the first time since it debuted the day after it aired. Um, I think there's probably a few reasons for that. Um, doing the podcast on my own now, there isn't, and, and it coming out on Mondays, um, there isn't as much, uh, you know, I don't have to watch it straight away because we, the, the deadlines are a bit later now. Um, but I, I'm also a bit scared, I think, of watching AEW at the moment um, because I just, this week was was pretty good. This week was pretty good. Uh, it's always a bit difficult for companies to follow up after a big, great show like the shows in Canada were. Um I thought Rampage in Daly's Place was really interesting. Um, Daly's Place is Daly's Place is always going to have for anyone who doesn't know Daly's Place is uh, this small little amphitheater next to the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars home ground that essentially the Khans own, um, and it seems like Tony can use it whenever he wants for AEW. 
I look, uh, you know, during the pandemic, they they filmed everything there, and it it felt like I think they were recording, like I think they were recording and bringing out shows there from a year and a half. So you know, maybe you get Stockholm syndrome a little bit of like this looks right. This is where AEW should be. Um, but Rampage definitely felt for a show that still had some points of like, ugh, um, like the Jay Cargill. What was Jay Car- like? Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, outside of the, there were a couple of sort of low points where I was like, oh god. But for the most part, it felt right. Um, you know, only 58% of tickets sold, though, at Daly's Place. And this is going to be this is going to be the problem moving forward. The product isn't as hot as it was 12 months ago. There's still booking decisions that are incorrect. You know, wh- why is Ricky Starks... I mean, Ricky Starks should be on Dynamite and should be in the main event on Dynamite. But if you're not going to use him in that capacity, at least have him come down to Daly's place and be, you know, you had Orange Cassidy in the main event of Rampage this week, so fine. You are, you know, and, and Rush was in there, or Roosh was in there, and and, and Ten, who they're, they're trying to build up and have been for weeks, and I, I'm all for that. Like, Ten is a big guy, starting to show a bit of personality and stuff. He, he could be the main dude in the Dark Order, and I don't mind that. Um, I think that's good. But, you know, when you've got Jade Cargill coming out and, like, uh, you know, she's doing the... Like, (laughs) when you've been watching wrestling as long as I have, the amount of times you've seen someone come to the ring and refuse to leave until they get their belt or their title shot or to speak to the GM or, you know, whatever the case may be, this must have been the quickest, lamest... Yeah, I just <laughs> Jay Cargill was out on her seat for a minute and a half, you know, and it just for such a big, you know, for a baddie uh, to just turn around and go, oh, I'm running out of here because I'm having a temper tantrum. Uh, I just what I will say is the um, Nia Jax is actually <clears throat> doing some really good work. Um. And, and Vicky Guerrero alongside with her, like when they're showing a bit more of their personality, um, like I want more of that. I, I don't, I, I think like when you see Nia Jax on BTE, God, I'm missing BTE. I, it's like it's, a, I think it was a really vital ingredient to my enjoyment of AEW in a weird way. Um, but yeah, uh, Nia Jax would do a lot of stuff on BTE uh, in particular with uh, Johnny, Johnny Hungry. Johnny Hungry, Johnny Hungy, uh, and she she's funny, man. She's funny, and she's got a great personality. And when someone has that ability, it has to come through. That's the best way to get someone over. And then if you want to turn them heel down the road, do that. But the I understand the beast presentation with her, but that's it's been three years of doing that, and it hasn't gotten over. So doing this, like. Uh, is to me three years too late but you know for her to be a smart ass and being funny and uh, I don't hate it I don't I don't hate it there's you know there's some swings that don't connect 
but I'd rather see people taking those swings than just doing the same thing. Like Britt Baker is absolutely the example in the company of someone who's just been doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's stale and boring. And so the only thing that you can do, um, and also Brit's behavior uh, that was reported about you know, backstage politicking and stuff hasn't helped either in my estimation of her. But even outside of that, um, if she's incapable of change or doesn't want to change or, or tweak or, or Tony's not willing to do that, make her go away. And then she can come back and, you know, we just have a little break from her, even just for a month or so, two months. And then when she comes back, oh, great, Britt Breaker's back. Um, now's probably not the time when you've got half the roster suspended and the other half just not being booked at all. Um, you know, like Alistair Black is on mental health leave, but I assume we'll see him in WWE soon. Andrade, you know, there were reports that he'd asked for his release and then the next week he was off television. Miro, you know, what's going on with him? Now we're seeing that uh, CJ, his partner, or Lana in WWE, is talking about being open to going back to WWE. That's never a good sign. Um, and, you know, like if all those guys want to go back to WWE because they have good relationships with Hunter, great, cool. Let's get them off the roster, make the announcements, whatever. It doesn't... Who cares? Because WWE fans are going to point fingers no matter what, whether Tony says something about it or doesn't say something about it. I know his attitude has been to not talk about contracts, but you don't have to talk about the contract if you've granted someone their release. You know, Just have AW put a press release out saying, these three guys aren't working with the company anymore, if they're not, and then everybody can move on. You know, it's it's getting out in front of the story that AEW is a little bit terrible at at the moment. And it will consistently, because of that, all these vultures, you know, on YouTube will constantly talk about them. Because, you know, outside of, obviously, Vince and his problems, WWE are a well-oiled machine. They're a big company. They've got scores of people who work in their marketing department and PR department getting out in front of things all the time. Um, you know, they they obviously... Are, <laughs> I don't know whether they rule with an iron fist anymore because uh, Hunter's there, but you don't hear... You don't hear these rumblings coming out of WWE. And my initial take on that was, well, this has got to be WWE making this happen, but... I just don't see Tony coming out and saying anything about it or about anything, you know, whether it's contract statuses or who's happy or who isn't. And when he does, it's like in a media scrum every three months and he kind of gets antsy and whether it's a whether it's performative or not, gets his back up and, and thinks that's being a leader. And in a way, I can't, I suppose it kind of is, but all you have to do is just hire a PR person. or And if you've got one, hire a better one to be getting, like, have a weekly media scrum. And it doesn't have to be with Tony Khan. It could be with Shivani or 
uh, Sanja, anyone who is in a position of responsibility, just, you know, talk like there's a deafening silence that comes out of AEW when all of these things are reported. And I know their attitude would be like, oh, well, who cares? It's just internet chatter. But I, I genuinely think that this internet chatter on top of Punk and the Elite being suspended has done a reputable damage to their brand in the industry and with people who are big supporters of it. Myself, Sir Kayfabe, uh, occasional co-host on this podcast, are two people who in the last six months have gone cold on AEW. A lot of it to do with booking, but a lot of it to just the general vibe coming out of the company. It doesn't feel like... You know, if I'm a fan of AEW, it doesn't feel like we're winning right now, you know, when 58% of tickets are being sold for Rampage. So um, I like it in Daly's Place. I think it's a good thing. But the problem is that people don't want to watch Rampage and they don't want to watch Rampage because it's not booked particularly well. It feels like an afterthought. It's difficult because they don't, people complain when it's, uh, filmed straight after Dynamite or on the same night as Dynamite and then replay two nights later but then when they do it on their own the vibe is better but they don't sell as many tickets so whether they have to you know limit the capacity at a place like Daly's Place and just have Rampage in the one spot all the time that's what I would be suggesting I would absolutely be suggesting like, okay, let's have it at Daly's place. Let's, you know, I know the capacity is 3,000 or whatever. Let's just not sell the top deck and have it as like 1,500, 2,000 and, and just have it there weekly, you know? Like I think you would get people coming. But then I suppose the other thing as well is that if they if they are recording it live, that's on at 10 p.m. in the States. So that's really late for people to be out i know it's on a friday night i think the friday night may be the problem it, maybe it's the branding i don't know this is even though this rampage was was actually pretty good um and and really enjoyed the orange cassidy match uh with rush and 10 um there's just a general malaise around the product at the moment um so yeah <laughs> Having said that, there were some uh, things to talk about uh, with Dynamite. Um, th- some really, really good. Obviously, some some issues at the end of the episode. Um, but there's also some backstage stuff that's actually quite positive for AEW as well. So um, let's have a quick break, uh, have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll come back and um, continue to talk AEW. Kickers lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook. (laughs) An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, And there are unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. 
In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Uh, discuss matchups you would like, team or player you're excited about, odds for the upcoming game, etc. Uh, the Giants. Put all your money on the Giants. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once you're per game day all season long. Just before I get to call action, guys, you can also bet on other sports outside of the NFL. So as good as this NFL offer is, if you want to bet on WWE or AEW, you can absolutely do that, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, so I, I alluded to the fact that there's some um, good news backstage in AEW that the two stories that uh, have come out in the last few days is one thunder rosa should be back by january uh so obviously that's two and a bit months away um desperately needed desperately needed uh look i don't know who she'll feud with when she comes back i think you know if there are if the problems between her and brit are real um you know, you got to find a way for those two to work together because they're the top face and heel in the company. Um, but I would be, if I was Tony, I would be trying to book her with basically anyone but Britt Baker just to show Britt who the boss is. <laughs> um, because, you know, there's just there's too many people in this company who, who seem to think that they run it. And... Um, Britt Baker is definitely one of those. If the reports uh, online are to be believed, um, but anyway, Thunder Rosa coming back is great. That's a great start. I think you know, for me personally, ultimately, I would I would actually really love to see everybody who's away at the moment come back. Miro on TV, I would love to see CM Punk come back. Uh, he's too big a star to not have on TV. The Elite obviously started the, the, the company, so you've you got to have those guys on TV. Um, and, it, you know, there are plenty of people who work together who don't like each other. Let's all grow up and, and get a quality product on TV, you know. Someone who seems to be a lot more grown up backstage than anyone has given him credit for is MJF. Wade Keller has come out this week and... Um, you know, he's a, a pretty big name in the wrestling media circles. He essentially has come out and said that he thinks MJF has already signed his contract extension, um, which was kind of my gut feeling as well when he did come back. I thought if he was going to go, it would be after the, you know, plane storyline, all that sort of thing. Um, and that he's no problem at all backstage and... Uh, doesn't cause any problems for Tony or anybody else um, and is a student of the game. Tony trusts him to put him out in um, 
in interview scenarios and be representative of the company, we're already seeing that he is going to be champion. I mean, he will beat John Moxley at full gear. I'm, I've never been more certain of anything in my life. Um, so that's to me that was really interesting because it, it again, you know, I talk about this a lot, but it's fascinating to me and also infuriates me that stories are written and everybody online just jumps on them and i understand that i'm doing that with wade keller here but i I just wanted to point it out because it's so different to everything else that's been reported in the last six months about mjf and it really does line up with my theory that that whole mjf thing was a work the whole thing um, you know, yes, they, they, there might have been one or two disagreements between Maxwell and Tony about a booking thing and people saw that one argument. Or, yes, there was some toing and froing over a contract that never got to heated words at all. And then it was turned into a storyline. I, I just, you know, I just wonder... I, I just wonder how much we should be paying attention uh, to these storylines because (laughs) at the end of the day I I just don't know uh, how much we can trust that they're not being fed you know I just even you know even if it's a thing where like let's if the uh, punk and the bucks hate hate each other they're still going to be talking to people in the in the media. So you're only getting, I suppose, if you watch and listen to everything, then you kind of get an overall picture of what's actually happening. But I don't know. But it was really good to hear that about MJF. I think that's crucial for AEW moving forward. Um, and, I, I, you know, I still really want to see AEW succeed. Um, but there's just... Even with Dynamite this week, which I think was good in parts, uh, excellent in others, and then you know there were a couple of moments that were a bit ugh. Um, rolling into MJF, him and William Regal's uh, promo is probably my promo of the year. Uh, it was flawless. I, I remember like getting halfway through it, thinking this is the best promo MJF's ever cut. There are times where he gets really worked up and angry and it can be a little bit over the top um, to the point where it's like, ah, I don't believe you, but I believed him about this story. And if it's not 100% true, there has to be some sort of kernel of truth to it. Um, it was such a good promo that he turned William Regal heel in five minutes. You know, the the, the gaffer, the, the governor of... Uh, of the the bcc um was a heel just through mjf cutting a promo and i was like there's absolutely having watched wrestling for a really long time it's like look regal's good but there's no way he's getting out of this and he did a superb job of making himself still look like a bit of a prick uh but also not coming across as a total arsehole and um, I just loved it. I just loved it. And and again, this kind of storytelling would not happen on WWE. Um, 
because the guys are given much more leeway to tell a story. And it it just reminded me of how great the vast majority of AEW stuff was up until three, four, five months ago. And sort of how much it's gone off the rails, in, especially in the last little while. And, and this promo was like, this is how good this company is. This is AEW. You know, watching this promo is like, this is what AEW is. And this is what they should be aiming for every single time they record a segment or record a match. And it's just not happening at the moment. I don't know whether it's because performers are resting on their laurels or morale is down because you know, locker room leaders aren't there or WWE have got some momentum. So the morale's down. It could be, it's probably a combination of all of those things. And over time, I'm sure things will improve. Um, But I, you know, it is frustrating because you watch that promo and you think to yourself, why am I not seeing this quality all the time? Why am I not why is i mean obviously there in not everybody is as good as mjf you know but there are a lot of very 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 talented people on the roster and I, you know if i can come back full st- uh, circle to someone like ricky starks why is he not on tv because ricky starks is someone who can cut a promo like that and he's not there you know i just you know <laughs> i it just it's decisions like that on a weekly basis that are really making me struggle to come to terms with what's happening at the moment anyway that promo was fantastic if you haven't seen it go and watch it um obviously we had the uh very anticlimactic and terrifying end to the to the show where uh hangman page was concussed um essentially essentially doing a backflip from a spinning uh from a lariat from from mox it's just one of those freak things um both of those guys would have done that move a hundred times before have you know you've seen them do it and he just kind of landed on his neck and his head i had already for some reason i jumped on twitter before i watched the last match and um had seen what had happened and then had seen that hangman was thankfully was fine um so yeah i I kind of watched it through this weird lens lens of like okay well i know he's okay so i just want to see how they handle it and i I think they did as good a job as they possibly could seeing it's live and (laughs) you know there's a guy that they all care about very much lying uh in the middle of the ring and you don't know what's wrong with him mox did as well as he could the comms guys did as well as they could um yeah, so we won't see Hangman for a while. <laughs> uh, and I know a few weeks ago it, it came across as I would have been happy about that. I'm never happy for a wrestler to be injured ever, no matter what the issues are or whether I like them or dislike them. It was a terrible incident and um, I'm glad that he's okay. And obviously want him to come back and, and do well. And I was starting to get back on board with Hangman anyway after his amazing promo last week. And the first five, ten, well, the, the, this match was... A humdinger and especially you know i talk about effort and and getting that feeling of like i'm watching something special hangman page was bringing that in this match uh mox you know is 
always always doing the the, the best work but uh, it's such a shame that this happened one because you know you don't want anyone to get hurt but two i think if that match had finished in a really solid way you could quite easily have said oh look i think aw's back um and so, you know, I'm not going to say they're not because it was an injury, but it's just been one of those summers for Tony Khan where, you know, you're just starting to get a little bit of momentum back and then this happens and very unlucky. Um, but look, he'll be back soon. The story moves on to MJF and Mox at the end, very end of the uh, of the episode and that's something really to, to look forward to. <clears throat> the only other thing I, I wanted to bring up and I, I just find this... I don't know whether I was being oversensitive, um, but Taz on commentary during the Dalton Castle Chris Jericho match, which uh, not a bad match. Again, Chris having a decent match with with someone, and obviously he's going to run through a whole bunch of Ring of Honor champions. Okay, fine. Um, it's not really for me. I'm not into it, but it, it's not bad. <clears throat> but um, they just felt, for me, it felt like from Taz there was a real uncomfortableness uh, having to deal with someone who is as flamboyant as Dalton Castle and the boys. And I just, I don't want to hear or see that again. And if I do, it'll start to become an issue for me to watch the product because, you know, JR being uh, either purposely or forgetfully, uh, you know, misogynistic from time to time and just grumpy, I can put up with that. When there's kind of like almost open homophobia going on in the on the call, um, yeah, not cool with that. So, and of course... Yeah, Jericho wins, and then we got to put up with the same bullshit gaga every goddamn time. <clears throat> if someone wins and they have a crew, the crew doesn't have to come down every single time. If if people are going to get upset about not getting TV time, then you've got to work that out. It, it, but it can't be, here's 10,000 people at the end of every match it's just too much it's too much it looks amateurish hate it um yeah that's it i haven't watched anything else i haven't watched any wwe haven't watched any impact uh i'm so far behind on autumn attack or i think that's what it's called uh, in new japan i just can't catch up i'm like 15 hours behind so so a problem with New Japan is that it's so enjoyable and I do really love watching it. But if you, because there aren't, there isn't really a continuing sort of storyline, so to speak, um, you can, kind of, you feel like, oh, I can kind of miss this one. And then you miss two or three, you're nine hours behind on content. Uh, so I shouldn't be so um, OCD about it. Should just jump in and enjoy watching it. Maybe I'll try and do that this week so we can talk some New Japan next week. But look, um, figures going up uh, with the with the solo episode, so I really appreciate that. Um, the best way to support us is to... Uh, you can um, rate and review us, obviously, and share us on, on social media. Um, 
I'm really enjoying this format. I think um, it's the only way I could do the podcast moving forward. Uh, and I, yeah, so uh, it's good to know that other people are enjoying it as well. But uh, yeah, if you could pass the name around to other people, let them know that there's a, you know, if you're into AEW and New Japan a little bit, but mainly AEW, um, you know, check out this podcast as a guy who sort of talks about it weekly and what what's happening and what's he into and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yes, thank you so much guys. And, uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of Wrestle Wolf. <laughs>